Hey there, film fans. I am Jeff. I am Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we're going to make this a drinking game. <laughs> yeah, we are. Drinking game! <laughs> so anytime we say huh. something negative or stupid about a film to keep us on track, we are going to drink, people. You're going to hear this sound. And we hope if you oh. hear that, you drink along with us at home or wherever you are. So, pour yourselves a glass and uh, give it up for films we love. We've uh, we've ditched the Razzies this week and we've gone mm. with just films Ooh. we love. Yeah. Yay. So. <laughs> and now, yeah, now I'm, I'm done with the intro. I can open my beer. That's I'm not right. my beer so I don't talk during the intro. Oh, Callback to previous go. episodes. Before we get into this week's episode, John, you want to give us some shout outs? I do. We have a beer sponsor because we're mm. a drinking podcast. His name is Carlos Barozzo. His handle on Instagram is Bar 2019 That is C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And if you're digging the music on this episode and every single episode, just head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash dasign dash artist. It's all composed by the artist dasign. That's D-A-S-E-I-N. And as always, if you could just rate us, review us, subscribe, like, love, all the things at the Love of Cinema Pod on all the platforms except for Twitter. Button here somewhere. Yeah, there's usually a button down there. Check the show notes. Twitter, for some reason, is just at the Love of Cinema. But we really do appreciate those likes and loves. It makes a big difference if you could help us out. Please, Mm. Jeff. And we respond. Yeah. Okay. So as Dave said, this is supposed to be the 12th week of our Oscars and Razzies segment. It was the best of film. It was the worst of film. However, after Glenn Close's nomination for Hillbilly Elegy and after just whatever music was, we we just had to ditch the Razzies. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And he's off. It was it was a fun gimmick for us. We saw some films we never would have seen otherwise. But yeah. good conversation. We had a good conversation. We redeemed a couple. There were a couple there that did not yeah, we deserve redeemed it. A couple. Yeah, we redeemed a couple. That's yeah, right. For, for instance, sure. we redeemed Doolittle. We did not necessarily redeem Robert Downey Jr.'s Welsh accent, but we did redeem Doolittle. For instance, <laughs> I was waiting for the buzz, but Dave appreciates that no, too much. No, there's okay, nothing. So, there's nothing yeah. can redeem that that accent. Yeah, so, <laughs> so today we have Three two Oscar right. films <laughs> with eleven. <laughs> 11 Oscar nominations between the two films. Yes. They are Minari, Ooh. which is a movie about a family that hates it when their son runs. And, <laughs> and also about, how, also about how Americans during the Reagan era did not season their food. That is, uh, man, chili powder was a real surprise mm. to the mm. 80s Americans. Um, and then Promising Young Woman. I don't have a catchy tagline for that one. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Yeah, I think you should leave that one alone. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about them in a second. But first, we would love to keep you all up to date with what we've been watching. We had a short week this week. So, Dave, did you get anything good in there? Um, I I caught up with a couple of the uh, series I'm watching. Of course, Falcon and Winter Soldier still going. Um, Bit of a by-the-numbers episode this week, but still good. Um, They are going there in certain areas that a lot of people hope they would. Um, and also just for fun, a couple of years, like years and years ago, I watched David Lynch's Eraserhead mm. and I, I, I was doing some work this week on like roto work and roto work is really boring. So I'm like, I'm going to put this on and see if it still sucks. And I'm happy to report. Yes, it does. Mm. <laughs> Eraserhead. You think Eraserhead sucks? Fuck you. Buzz yourself. Dude, dude. I, did. I did. I did. Sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, okay. Have you been watching the show? <laughs> That's for not watching the show. I thought you were buzzing David Lynch. I thought you were buzzing like 
no, no, no. I absolutely buzz myself for that. Boy, like, boy, oh, no, boy. don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal director, but like, they should not let him write dialogue. Oh, come on, dude. It's 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 its own thing. It's its own universe. But I get whatever. it. It was experimental. I, uh, we, I mean, we've all done one. Yeah, it's like an experimental <laughs> horror film. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> all right. Uh, I watched The Boys. Hey. Um, I did not have many nights to watch anything this night, so I just had two nights hmm. where I watched a, a couple episodes each. I'm only like four or five in now, I think. Uh, so no spoilers there. I'm excited to keep going. And I've watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, which... You know, that's a long fucking movie, but it is titled, as Dave was saying last week, it is cut up into four parts. Uh, they're basically like episodes. So if you want to cut it up, you can. But I sat down and watched it all at once and I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. Um, and that's, but given, I don't mind long movies. Given, given so. the reviews of Justice League, that's the best review you could give it. It's like, I liked it <laughs> this time. And honestly, the three of us, if I remember correctly, the three of us saw the theatrical cut to, uh, together. Uh-huh. And I think the first thing out of my mouth was, there's no way that was Zack Snyder's cut. And then Dave said that wasn't Zack Snyder's cut. Apparently they cut a bunch of shit from him. And Zack Snyder and his hmm. wife who produces with him had a terrible family tragedy um, in, during the making of that. So it really fell off the rails. So since then, since we saw the theatrical cut several years ago, I've been waiting to see this cut and I thought it was good. So and I do it's, think it's, if you it's like really funny Marvel, that uh, they're on a wave DC at the movies, moment. You will enjoy this. They're on a wave yeah. at the moment with that. Cause they've just released the justice is gray version where it's all black and white as well. They've gone like Logan style. Right. And people have just been leaving that playing 24 hours a day to get the plays up because now they want the yeah. other two Justice League movies that he promised us. Nice. I know. It does kind of feel like there should be a trilogy. Just real fast, Jeff, before I get to you. Dave, what did you think about the 4-3 aspect ratio? I didn't what mind think it. about him keeping it there? Um, I don't know why he chose to do that because he was making it during this day and age when everybody has a widescreen. It didn't bother me. I just don't know why he did it. Um, I think originally a lot of it was shot in IMAX. Um, and he just uh, kept it. Uh, but also when I went and saw it, I went and saw it at Lincoln Center in the like cinema number one, and it was in the 4-3 aspect ratio. So okay. I, I saw the original that way. That's what, We must have both done that, and I just didn't think about it at the time. But anyway, yeah. pretty cool. Jeff, what did you see, dude? Um, and actually, wait, first, that makes me happy because while I have not seen this Justice League, um, I used to work at a restaurant, John, you know the restaurant very well, where we would have a lot of celebrities. And sure. I recognize the editor of a very, very popular like he is a personality, like possibly famous. You might know who he is, editor of a magazine that does cultural things. And he he asked me because he knew that I liked movies, what I thought of uh, Justice League, the first one. And I said, I, th- I thought I kind of liked it. And he said, really? Because I think that Zack Snyder shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore, which is a, a, a mm. comment that a lot of people said. But what's really strange is when somebody makes money off of commenting off of movies and they say somebody shouldn't make movies. I'm always like, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you shouldn't yield that power. So I'm really happy that mm. this movie is doing very well. And I'm very happy that all those critics can they can shove it for all the things that they said about Zack Snyder. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Okay, what I watched, I watched two things. I watched... Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I wasn't necessarily ready to dive into after WandaVision, but it's cool. It's it's good. I really, really like it. I like the tone. I've always liked Anthony Mackie, so check it out. And mm. then I, um, I, I watched a film during my workouts this week called The Vast of Nights. I oh, watched yes. it and it was I'm, I'm the last holdout. <laughs> it's on Prime. Nice. It's so, it's so, so, so fun. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, it's fun, right? It's fun. Yeah. Hour and a half. Cool. All right. Good. I'm gonna. Good I'm gonna have to do. I'll. I'll try and get it in this week. I got. I got to shoot this week for two days, so I'll, I may not. Nice. nice. So it's we'll hour say. and a half. Pretty cool. All right, people. Let's get yeah, into it. So uh, we're gonna go Minari first, and then Promising Young Woman. Okay. So Minari. You probably heard about Woo. it. 
It is mm. only available for rent at a $20 price tag at the current moment. Uh, John was able to see it. Uh, was it AFI? So you were able to support? Uh, I was Film Forum. Uh, Film Forum in New York City was actually going through A24 site. So like yeah. maybe some of your local indie cinemas might have links to A24. But I think you can just go straight to A24 screening room, right? You can. I think that's... Is that yeah. what you guys did? Uh, yeah. No, I actually bought it. Um, Apple, Amazon, all of those have it now for 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. good. Everyone I did that too. It. But, but I'm just saying, I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, support the company. That's what I'm thinking yeah. too. I, <laughs> I wish I didn't give it to Amazon, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, uh, here's the reviews: six Oscar nominations. You have uh, a oh, yeah. nine. You have a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes and an eighty eight percent Metacritic score. So obviously, the reviews are really, really, really good. The summary: a tender and sweeping story about what roots us. Minari follows a Korean-American family that moves to a tiny Arkansas farm in search of their own American dream. The family home changes completely with the arrival of their sly, foul-mouthed, but incredibly loving grandmother. Amidst the instability and challenges of this new life in the rugged Ozarks, Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. Set in the 80s, it's, it's primarily in Korean. So uh, there are English subtitles, even though it is a very American story. That's mm. the setup. I didn't realize it was set in the 80s until she busted out that camera. The camera. Mm. And then there was one Reagan reference. There was the, yeah. the bank lo- The bank teller was like, Reagan supporting the farmers. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and initial takeaways. What do, you guys th- what do you guys think? Well, why don't we kick it off with this little bit of uh, trivia for people. This won the audience choice and the grand jury prize at Sundance this past year. So that almost uh, never happens. There, a lot of times films will win one or the other, and we'll see them in theaters eventually. And some, you know, a lot of times they will make it all the way to the jury prize will usually make it to the Oscars. The audience award will usually be a fan favorite for that year. But this movie just struck a chord. And once again, here we go. I don't know if it's because of the new rules with the Oscars or if we're just fucking lucky or if producers are taking chances. But like this was a story that needed to be told right fucking now. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just so happy that we got to watch something like this, especially not not. I'm not saying it's it's because it's Korean, but it's so cool that Bong Joon-ho won with Parasite two years ago or, or last year. Last, last year. year. It yeah. feels yeah, it's long. It's, it's more than a year, year ago. Year. It's yeah, been it more than a year, yeah. but it's been a hell yeah, of a year. 2020 year. was a hell of a decade, Fuck you, right? 2020. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so cool that we got to see once again, even if it doesn't win. And I kind of do think this is going to win Best Picture. I think it has a really strong chance. I think it. I think it might pull all the way out. Uh, I do think that uh, this was a really wonderful contrast to the the intrigue and the mystery and the the interesting style of filmmaking that Bong Joon Ho has. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, excuse me, versus this, which is just so approachable, family, slice-of-life drama. It, it feels, it's one of the most American movies I've ever seen, and I mean that with as much respect as possible for these Korean immigrants' story. Because, you know, I don't think any of them were straight from Korea. It sounded like the uh, Daniel, who's who's nominated, right? What's his name? Uh, that's uh, nominated for Best Actor, him and his wife. Stephen Yun. Stephen Yun's hmm. character and his wife, I think they were both living in california before they made this journey to, to arkansas to try to start their farm correct they've been in so america I, for 10 I just years appre- yeah exactly so i just appreciated it so much because it did not feel like some cliche like off the boat kind of telling of what most immigrant stories that we've seen set in america have been this felt 
I'll just say it again. I feel like it was one of the most American stories I've seen in a long time. And I, right. I think every person who was born here or not born here would know what I mean when they when I say that, if they give this movie a chance. What do you guys think? Um, well, first up, I, I just want to congratulate Jeff on the correct pronouncing of uh, Stephen's name. Thank we, you so we much. Did a, we did a, uh, we shouldn't be congratulating ourselves about that, but we did a, a, a an Oscar announcement show and we had so much trouble with what the actual correct correct pronunciation of his name is now i went away and did some mm-hmm. research um look it up because there's a video an amazing video with um stephen young and conan o'brien and they've been friends for four years and at that point oh. he felt comfortable telling him that he's been pronouncing his name wrong for four years mm-hmm. and he told him he on the plane you- on the, yeah yeah and he's said on the plane it, like he told him on the plane on the way back from korea but then he shared the story about how even his cousin gets it wrong so we're in good company <laughs> okay good oh, thanks um, for bringing it back up but that's but good. but yeah no i feel i feel like we needed to reference that we'll own that and uh no we, we you obviously we did the research and got it right and Stephen young good. carl from the walking dead yes um, yeah. he's, he's been around for a while hmm. um i uh this is not a movie i would normally go and see Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm I'm glad about this podcast. But I'll I'll tell you, uh, in the first two minutes of this, not a word is spoken, yeah. and it's just them driving to their house. But with the way it's directed, the way it's captured, I fucking laughed out loud two times. <laughs> like it's so funny. There yeah. is some. There's all this like physical comedy and reactionary comedy just hidden mm-hmm. in this thing. And it's amazing. Yeah. You, you, and it because the story is literally just a slice of life story. It's like they're struggling, they're trying to get through. But there's all this just gold of like little moments with family and everything that are amazing, and they're hidden yes. in this film. And I loved it for that. And yeah. again, it's it's like I didn't pick my phone up once. I just sat there and we turned the lights out. We sat there and had movie screening in our living room, which was something I was against. Because I love going to the cinema and these home streaming things, I'm a little bit iffy about them. But I really enjoyed this. Mm. I really enjoyed it, yeah. and it's it's such a good nice, film, dude. Lots of comedic moments. Mm. I also I cried three times, and I laughed out loud several times. I and mean, there's so much good. I don't know, Jeff. Maybe you can talk more to this, but like a lot of this script revolves around the point of view of the youngest son yeah. and the dynamic between him, this young boy who is kind of trying to grow up. With a you know in America in the South, he's, he's sort of trying to make some friends with some of the local white boys, and you can tell that even at that age, that tender age of five or six, or however old he's supposed to be, he's starting to feel the pressures of grandma smells like Korea. Grandma <laughs> is kind of weird. Grandma doesn't boys American favorite. boys aren't you're pretty. not a real grandma. What a line, right? You're not a real yeah, grandma. And the exactly. grandma's like, oh yeah, how so? And he's like, well, yeah. real grandmas uh, cook chicken nuggets. And she's like, oh right. right, I could do that. Do you want me to do that? And it's like, it's wow, it's like, it's great, it's great. Um, so quick, funny. quick note so on this, uh, technical wise, it was shot in an Arri Alexa Mini, um, but they used oh, sweet, dude. they used Panavision P vintage glass. And Ooh, the vintage, nice. it's 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 like a remodel of an of an old lens, and it's like it gives you that look, and it's it's a beautiful wow. look. Like, and you can tell like every image was carefully chosen on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But what did it do? Uh, so Jeff, what did it do for you? For like, I mean, there's so much to mine in a good family story, and I feel like a lot of plays that I know you and I are fans of. Like, there's just so there's so much material there. Everybody can relate to everything. What did you feel like was 
was special about this movie in terms of the family drama? What did Minori do with the family drama that maybe we've never seen before? The way they did it was so special. I think I think that what works really well in this film for me, like specifically to the family drama element of it, is that it establishes just a very real story. And you know there's tension, you know there's problems, you know there are people who are unhappy. Um, and you know it's not going to be easy to get out of it. But they honestly, it's the it's it's like when season two of a television show introduces the perfect character. You didn't realize what was needed in this story until that grandma shows up and she shows up. Mm-hmm. She comes from Korea and she adds this freshness, this element that we've already sort of hinted at, especially with her relationship with the younger boy. But the way she's watching wrestling and um, just her <laughs> just her attitude and her way of life, she very quickly becomes sort of the favorite character in this in the film. Like yeah. She becomes the go to person it, when they go to the church together and the grandma's like shitting on everybody at the church in Korea. And so they can't understand <laughs> what she's saying. You know, she's calling everybody fat and like all the things that grandmas do. And, you know, and it's so charming. And then, of course, you know, towards around the climax and denouement of the film and you realize that the grandma you know might be leading towards further problems and complication it's heartbreaking as the the audience the viewer to be like oh i thought the grandma was gonna take care of all of my problems and instead she's really pivoting it into a new direction so as far as like the film perspective of how they captured this family i I really think they they set it up really well they made it realistic and believable and then when the movie needed something to happen they just introduced the character and that's all they needed to do yeah, I think Lee Isaac Chung understood. I believe, I'm pretty sure that's his name, the yeah. director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung. I think he understood just dramaturgically. I, I I just agree with you so much. Like there was probably for another person, maybe a lesser writer director, they would have thought we've got enough obstacles here. A, a, a Korean immigrant family moving to the south, trying to start a farm on not a great piece of land. I think that's yeah, going to be more enough. racist just moments, like like things that they can yeah. easily like insert think, into this. Exactly. I did I like that. I did like that they said turned. earlier though. She she brought this levity to it, and she gave us a lot mm. of the a lot of the best comedic moments, which in turn created the ultimate drama at the end. There, yeah. you know, I think she's heavily involved in two of the most dramatic moments uh, towards the end. So I really just feel like that's just that's just really excellent mm. storytelling, just on the page. I feel like you could tell that like this is going to be more than just a family struggling in the South as immigrants in the eighties. Like it turned into something else because of her. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was so delicate. It was so tender and it, they navigated it so well. I didn't feel like anything was preached to me at all. I feel like I was just following this family. Hey, around. give him the gush. <laughs> it was almost you, Jeff. It was almost you. I hinted, I hinted at the running thing before with the kid, but little things oh like God, little dude. things like that, where they keep telling the kid to stop running. And, and for the first three or four times, I'm like, leave the kid alone. <laughs> like yeah. you're ruining this kid's yeah. track career. And then after a while you start to go, wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. There's something. There's probably something more going on, and and you know that like that's a surprise in a good film. Something as simple as wait, maybe maybe there's a reason that he can't run. Yeah. is a surprise. You know, whereas other movies really try to mm-hmm. spoon feed surprises at you. I lo- I love how like, we're, we're like five a... minutes in. Sorry, we're five minutes in, and they've just got out of the truck basically, and they <laughs> they they cut to a look on his wife's face, uh-huh. and in one three second shot. They sum up that she's totally convinced he's crazy and they've just yeah. ruined their lives. Like, you know exactly yeah. where she stands in one shot. And uh, like, she she gave a phenomenal performance opposite him mm-hmm. as well. That was, that was a yeah. great, mm-hmm. like, everyone in this cast was phenomenal. Like, even the daughter underplayed it uh, as the trodden on shot off to the side daughter. Like, she's not a mm-hmm. prominent member of the family. But when she's in there, the film, she's there. The <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. And when she's there, she's there. And she delivers her moments perfectly, but like she's 
off to the side. She's got her own thing going on that isn't part of this story. Yeah, I and, liked her a yeah. lot because I feel like every, all these interviews that this cast is getting, it's all about the little boy. And of course, he did really, you know, they did, they captured a really nice performance from this from this young boy who's never acted before and stuff. But she has a role that is way more understated. She's she's not a prop for him. She's mm. there. But I feel like the style of filmmaking allowed you to look into her a little bit more. Dave's not alone. I feel like the other, the other people, my brother and some other people I've talked to who have seen this, have all, we've all said the same thing about her. Like I didn't feel like she was just in the background. She wasn't set dressing to the cha- to the her younger brother. She had a life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, the, I can give you the, the way this. The best I did, The best example I can give you is that it the daughter character felt like there was another camera crew following her around, and there's another movie that happens off this. Yeah, like she's got exactly. her own thing really going really on, and she way. occasionally drifts through their story. But I feel like there's a whole other story going on over there. Like she, well, and, she yeah, and Will Patton as Paul, who's like the the closest member of society oh, yeah. that the family sees. The family's living on this farm, kind of in isolation for a lot of the movie. Um, and they do go to town. They they go to church. They go to get a loan. Like they, you do see them do some things, but this is not a movie about them trying to assimilate into society. It's not like that. And then Americans say no. Like it, that's not what this movie is. This movie is is literally you get rid of the Korean. Um, spoken language and you make this family any other family and it's just a, uh, any other American it's it's an American story it just happens to be yeah. in Korean because yeah. that's their particular experience that was Jeff praying provide an example he's not saying we should get rid of the Korean language uh, yeah, out no, of this no, film no. yes yeah. thank you because it really you. works yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah when Will but Will Patton's the one character who comes around to help he's a veteran um, and he's just getting paid probably very little to help farm and he has very weird traditions of his own. He's, a, he's definitely very religious and has his own ideas of what religion means. Um, and it's just such an interesting supporting character that works so well and fits into everybody. Um, I love Stephen Young's arc in this, in mm-hmm. this story. You know, every, he's young and he, in a way he's playing up like the maturity from what I'm used to seeing him. I didn't watch a lot of Walking Dead, but he was a kid in Walking Dead. He's a kid in Walking Dead, right? He's like kind of yeah, pretty, naive yeah. One. I mean, he has a he has a huge arc where he gets to he that grows, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he grows he, up. He, has he the probably relationship. Has a, the biggest arc in that show. Yeah, he, you know, I mean, he had show. one but, of the biggest reactions on an, <laughs> on the series. I can tell you that. Yes, yeah, five. But uh, Jeff, I agree with you, dude. I feel like he, the maturity he had. So, so again, I listened to a couple different interviews. A twenty four did have a uh, Q and A that was attached to my rental, mm-hmm. um, and he he got a lot of questions just because apparently Plan B. Uh, produce this so this is brad pitt's company mm-hmm. and uh, uh god damn it what is her name his partner brad's partner they found this script uh you know they tend to produce a lot of book adaptations but this is an original original script and um apparently steven was a part of bringing it to their attention dd gardner and helping it get developed uh no steven young D- no it's dd gardner the partner of brad pitt she's a producer in this film thank you yeah i'm pretty sure did they I, am I making that? I thought they co-produced this with A24. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was, it was them and A24, apparently, uh, think, or it was I just think A24. A, A24 bought it. From, all right, but Blambi produced it. Anyway, yeah. I can look this up. It doesn't matter. The point is, Stephen Young was a part of kind of carrying this thing into reality because Lee Isaac Chung had not done a lot of huge stuff yet. Well-respected director had done very well uh, in some major film festivals around the world with some other films. Um, but... Lee was kind of the name, which is, you know, it's not a huge household name, but, you know, he's recognizable. And he just kept talking about how, you know, it wasn't just the actor thing where he was saying it was such a great script and I wanted to be a part of it. And I think Lee's really talented. He was talking, he kept saying specifically how, how much responsibility he felt like him and the rest of the cast would have to try to tell such a, a delicate, tender story about an experience that is very dear and near to them, but not 
again, like, like we're saying, not just because they are Korean, but because they are trying to exist in this this current America, which is, I guess, is kind of it's always felt that way. I'm sure, mm. even if circumstances change. And I just felt like he had such a in the interview and in the film, you can tell he kind of approached this whole project with a very heightened state of maturity. They just felt like everyone involved was just like so grounded in telling this thing. I don't think anyone thought this film was going to win every award Mm -hmm. and that they were going to become famous. I think they just, they've been so humbled by this whole thing that I'm just proud of audiences in 2020 for propping this fucker up and giving it the due that it has because it may have slipped through the cracks 10 years ago. If if, if anything, it's taken a year off from going to the cinema and having all the blockbusters postponed. If anything, is it, I wonder, has it bought a little bit of, I, I mean, I want to use the word taste, but higher expectations of the filmmaking itself. Like I you're not so. just going to, so. you're not just going to walk in, see some explosions, go, yeah, cheer right. and walk out with the crowd yeah. and feel great. And sure. You can't buy that on Blu-ray, but whatever. And, but this is, this is something you see and you think about it. And I yeah. feel like it's been a long time since, People have like, like the other stuff is so frequent and so there. It's a distraction. Like you just go and see the easy stuff. And this is this is stuff that you have to choose to sit down and watch. And I feel like it's great that in this time it gets the window it gets. Yeah, but I want to talk. I, I really, agree, dude. I I really hope that, that changes people's viewing habits a little bit because it certainly changed mine. But yes, I want to talk about that. The first thing I should say, too, is that Minari got a lot of buzz after Sundance when the Golden Globes announced that they were not going to consider it for Best Picture. They were only going to consider it in the foreign language category. And and Minari immediately responded and was like, it's set in America. There's not one second of this film that is set anywhere outside of America. But because it's a foreign language, the foreign press, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, decided that it can only be a foreign language film, which, of course, it won that Golden Globe. Um, So it got a lot of attention, especially after Parasite they Everybody couldn't. Like, they couldn't fit it in because they had to make room for music. Yeah, there's already te- there's already two different categories for best picture, and Minari didn't finish. Stupid. Anyway, I want to talk what Dave was saying about, um, especially specifically movies translating to TV, which is where we are now. Um, I can't. I'm so sick of hearing the conversation of like, well, the, the cinema is only for action movies, right? And then you sit there and you every you you constantly hear, will Falcon and Winter Soldier translate to TV? Because it's a huge action movie. You need to see that sequence of them flying. It's always a canyon. Mm. They're always flying in canyons. Where, why is it that everybody jumps out of a plane over a fucking canyon? Right? And so a that's canyons. a falcon. And, yeah. So many canyons. And it's like, well, gee, how are we going to watch that Ameri- on TV? America is, America is a beach and like yeah. a harbor and just fucking canyons in the middle. Yeah. As if the 90s action movies didn't keep Blockbuster around for 20 years. People watching Die Hard and, uh, and um, Air Force One and Point Break. Like, oh my God, gee, I don't think Die Hard every year people watch and say oh this should only be seen on a big screen Uh, it's so (laughs) stupid but every year it comes up and then the reason that Minari and Nomadland and Roma a couple years ago the reason that they they struggled with the small screen it's not them it's us it's the way we watch it we get up to pee we get up to get drinks we get up to get snacks we say halfway through we should get ice cream and then we lose the momentum whereas when you commit to the theatrical experience it's not just about the going there it's that you succumb to it you sit there in the seat the hamilton's like four hours long and people stay quiet for four hours and don't go up to pee in an inappropriate time and they don't they just sit there right but for some reason in movies like this it's us we sit there and go well i'm a little bored now so i'll go do something else um everybody who saw roma in the theaters talked about the sonic experience of feeling like they were in yeah. the house because the sound was done so well you felt like you were there and it, it puts you in this meditative trance but with this kind of movie this movie i still think it does really well on tv but you, you got please give it the give it the attention that it deserves 
please make the choice. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And Dave, you kind of said it earlier. Like, I feel like it's, it's like, it's like reading, you know, you want to read your page turners. You want to read some literature every now and then like, I, I don't want to be a proponent of this. I think there should be a healthy balance, but maybe that balance is subjective. One of these movies, if we watch 12 things a week, let's say whatever, a show and movies and a combined total of 10 to 12 things. If one of those was something like this, you're going to be a better person for it. It's going to challenge you because there's so much more to think about when you see a movie like yeah. this. And there's so much more to to merit it on emotionally because there's more interpretation. It's just a higher level of drama than you know the fun stuff that we enjoy watching as well. So even if you walk away from this year giving yourself... Uh, the the permission to seek out something challenging once a week versus when I'm home, I watch fun stuff and I'll save the movies, yeah. the challenging movies yeah. for the theater exactly. whenever things get back to normal. I think you'll I think you'll benefit from it. We have this yeah. this show has gotten us on point right and kept us yeah. watching some good movies throughout the year as well as fun movies. Yeah. Hmm. This last thirty minutes is so good too, right? Like I, I, I we keep God talking about it, like dude. there's no action. There is. Yeah. It's just uh, most of it is in the last thirty or forty yeah. minutes because you need to understand the family. You need to get them in order for the audience to be able to be rewarded with situations of whether or not all of this hard work could pay off. And it, I mean, from the trip to going to sell the fruit and going to the hospital and then coming back and and all the I don't want to spoil anything that's going on near the end, but it is powerful <laughs> it's and yes. it's and it's and it's, it's and it's earned it's not just like yes there's action it's like yeah everything but also it is it is a constant struggle like we're like right near the beginning when they're driving back from town and he's like oh that's weird the sky's green uh-huh. and both both me and my wife went oh shit yeah because oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i i grew up in the country i know what that means <laughs> and it was a perfect again i mean again, granted, granted in, in my case it's hailstones the size of tennis balls but yeah. Hell down here the other day. Uh, dramaturgically, it's kind of my favorite kind of climax, too, that comes out of well-earned emotional drama. Jeff said, we don't want to give it away, but there is something that happens uh, physically to their home. And because of that, where they are emotionally, it takes what they are dealing with up a notch. So it's not just this external thing, and now they're only dealing with a storm that approaches their house. It is everything that has built up to that, which changes who the, mm. that event changes those stakes so high. And then it bleeds into this other thing that happens to just the children because of the, again, it's just so well done structurally yeah. that you don't feel like you're just watching drama induced because this event happened at the end of a series of the episode of a series and you have to watch the next one to see how everybody feels about it. It culminates into that. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. That's how I mean, you do it. And this did not so get many, any nominations so for things. sound. Hold on. This did no. not get any nominations for sound, but I was scored it. That's it. The score did, but I loved the sound design of yeah. the farm, the insects inside the house. The, I thought they did such a good job of of helping you feel like when that child ran outside, listening to the insects. There, I don't know. I just felt like it was so. It sounded so beautiful to me. I was a little disappointed it didn't get a design nomination, but whatever. Mm. Dave, what were you saying? My bad. I'm just saying, like this, uh, like the son in this when they, when they there's like family comedy you can relate to. Like hmm. he's like I don't I don't want to I don't want to like sleep with grandma and then it cuts to the overhead shot of the two of them in bed and he's just laying there staring up at the camera and the grandma's like snoring yeah. her head off next to him and it's like, like awful it's like yeah cl- these classic like everyone's been in that situation where you've had someone like you know the family's got a visitor and someone's dumped in your room and you don't you don't want them there and then yeah. then the snoring starts and it's like church was a disaster for this kid <laughs> church was a yeah. disaster yeah, 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 yeah. for this kid. As like, it is for it, a lot of kids, so, like, but it's again, it was like 
so awkward, but also like the grandma nailed the delivery in that one. But that yeah. was one of my laugh she's, out. That was one of my laugh out loud. She's moments. a rock star. Yeah, yeah. she's a pe- she's like a movie star in Korea. Like she's like a big deal. A uh, lot of big oh, big great. projects over there. So that thing got so cool. They got her to come over here yeah. and just. Just walk yeah. right in and show us all how it's done. That woman was fucking on <laughs> her, name, her name is her name is Yu Jung Yoon, and she is nominated for best supporting actress. And she really could win right. this because this is yeah. a very interesting category this year. Olivia Coleman already yeah. won an Oscar. Glenn Close could win, but Hillbilly Elegy is we, we already discussed. Well, on this well the funny thing is, the, the grandma is basically Korean Glenn Close in right. yeah, this too. film, like <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah. same yeah. character. Similar, yeah. But as far as like what a supporting the, uh, yeah. what a supporting role can do to a film. I, I mean, this is the best example you could have. What she does to this film is exactly what you want from a supporting character. It's why I hate category fraud so fucking much, because this is what the supporting characters are supposed to do. What she does with the little bit of time that she has, that is what is supposed to be rewarded in the supporting category. Not, oh, Brad Pitt, we could fake our way into pretending like he wasn't a fucking lead of that movie, even though he had a 30-minute set piece in the middle, and the entire climax and third act of the movie was 100% his, but apparently he's not the lead. He's just some guy that's sort of there to help sometimes. Get the fuck out of here with that category fraud. She should win Best Supporting Actors. I think she should. I think she, I think she I, very well Do may. I cue the playoff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one quick thing, though. Like, when there's okay. a cautionary tale in the middle of this, when the water stops and oh, it yeah. turns out he's used all the water and he won't say anything to the family and he walks out of the room and his wife's like, oh, yeah, the water stopped. He used it all in the crops. Your wife always knows. Don't not tell her. She always knows. Therese, did you hear that? Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. She already knows. She already knew he was going to say that. Uh, She just gave him a look when they were watching it. Like, I I know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I heard, again, in in another interview, I heard um, that initially in the script, Lee Isaac Chung wrote in a voiceover at the very end of this movie that basically was... Apparently it was very well written. All the actors were like, I was kind of kind of sad I didn't get to see this come to fruition, but it, it ended the mm-hmm. film and it was basically saying, this was for our parents. This was for people who came before. This is for people trying to find their voice in this you know, pluralistic society. And I just have to take my hat off to him for cutting that because I think he realized this is cinema. Yeah. And I don't think we would have had the same conversation we just had and people would take away whatever they're going to be able to take away from this film if he would have told you why he made it at the end of it. I think that would have made it a little too specific. So I think, again, that's just another really mature move by the filmmaker to say this movie doesn't need that. It's so obvious what this is about to me, and maybe it can be that obvious to somebody else. It doesn't have to be the same thing. And I think that's why American audiences are responding so heavily to this, because, again, it is not... an exclusively an immigrant story it is it is much more than that and hmm. I, I just couldn't couldn't be proud of them for doing this dude i think it's so cool do you guys think it has a chance to go all the way or do you think it's gonna lose to something else i'm not i'm not sure sadly that steven has a chance in the the best actor category i'm not sure he was featured enough to get enough votes in the like for screen yeah. time and stuff um i mean he gave a phenomenal performance but i'm not i'm not sure if he's like like on screen enough to to justify right. a best actor but um it definitely has the the like the role to get it everywhere everywhere else like yeah, the supporting it, actress it's possible yeah 
I think I think it's, Nomadland it's definitely was the just, original screenplay. Nomad, I think now I can see it getting screenplay. I can see it getting screenplay. I I think Nomadland just has the momentum, and sometimes voters like it's like if you're not voting for the thing that's that, then you're voting against it. You know what I mean? That's just sort of happens. So see, I think Chloe, I think Chloe's going to win Best Director. I think this one might win Best Picture. Mm. Maybe, but we'll we'll get there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. I mean, we'll, we can we're going to do our picks. So. We're going to do our yeah, picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, people, we are going to wrap it up there with Minari. You can go check it out. As we said, it's $20 as of airing of this podcast at the end of a March 2021. Uh, maybe it'll go down, but go ahead, support the local cinema. Give it 20 bucks. Watch it with your family. Yeah. It's still cheaper than what it would be in yeah. person. So give it, a, give it a go. And we're going to take a quick break. We are going to be back to talk about the five-time Oscar nominee, Promising Young Woman. We'll see you soon. Woo! And we're back. We're back. (laughs) All right, people. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Minari. Of course, you can reach out to us with your thoughts. All of the socials are in your episode notes. So check us out. Mm. We will respond. Just just a quick thing before we move on. Uh, The the normal title slide we have from doing the Razzies came up uh, when I hit the break slide there. So it had a was it really that bad tag next to Promising Young Women. That was unintentional. Oh no! Did you take Completely it out? Completely unintentional. Uh, no, no, it's it, it's there. It's it, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a hard graphic, but uh, yeah, that, that was one thing so, I forgot to change. That's on me. Wait, so there's right now there's a graphic that says "Promising Young Woman." Was it really that bad? No, that was during our break. While, oh, while you just were, during were, the break. Okay, just you. during the break. Yes. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Promising yeah. Young Woman, five nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director for Emerald Fennel. And then, of course, Best Leading Actress for Carrie Mulligan. Not her first time in the Oscar watch here. Um, there, and I the found poster a- is hot on the eyes, too. Poster, yeah, the poster's <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, so there, I found a couple summaries of this film. I want to read two of them. One is short. A young woman, Carrie Mulligan, traumatized by a tragic event in her past, seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. Pretty short and right to the point. The yeah. other summary I found, this one's on Metacritic, so I don't know where it came from. I don't know who wrote this one, but this is curious to me. The other summary is, everyone said Cassie, Carrie Mulligan, was a promising young woman. Title. Until a mysterious <laughs> event abruptly derailed her future. But nothing in Cassie's life is what it appears to be. She's wickedly smart, tantalizingly cunning, and she's living a secret double life by night. Now, an unexpected encounter is about to give Cassie a chance to right the wrongs of the past. So, the critics are a little all over the place, but it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% on Metacritic. So, that's an interesting little drop. Mm. And um, it's sort of a tale of fantasy revenge versus redemption. That's the pitch. Who wants to take it away with their initial thoughts? Oh boy. And that's think... the show, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Honestly, you guys, I feel like I wish we could just be like, and now our panel of female audience members is going to talk about this I, thing. Because I, I thought I about that. This is, one of those, this is one of those movies where I feel like I need to see movies like this a lot more. And I need to just watch and I need to keep learning. I think there are some opinions I could have, you know, about the filmmaking and the structure of the script and stuff. But Everybody knows what this movie is about when they're watching it. It's addressing some issues that need to be talked about. 
And I think they thought putting this dark, murderous revenge spin on it was going to be a way in to get a wider audience so it wouldn't feel like an issue movie. And I don't, I don't know. Did that work for you guys? Like just the Absolute revenge aspect fucking of it? It I worked. Think so. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell and I'll tell you why. Like the tone of this movie deliberately fucks with your mind. It starts off with all these guys drunk partying and like there's lots of crotches and cameras and stuff like that. So and gross, it, dude. The yeah, first it literally screams, yeah. "Hey yeah. guys, <laughs> this is what you actually look like." Yeah. And it's it's like yeah. a lot of men will not take an objective view of themselves. Now, a lot of this the subject matter in this is um like basically to like to give a little bit of it away. She goes out, pretends yeah, she's she pretends she's drunk and finds a guy who's going to help her. And of course that guy invariably tries to take advantage of her by getting her back to his apartment and trying to sleep with her. Every they, time they find her, I think it's important to say like, she yeah, doesn't approach no, they, guys. Yeah, she, she doesn't approach guys. She just predators. sits there, and the guy, the predators, find her, yeah. and so they end up back at her apartment, and then she reveals that she's not drunk, and you're a fucking asshole, and it's it's very confronting. Now, hats off to her performance because she plays it in such a cheeky anti-hero cool way that. Guys who have come close to this or guys who are like, well, no, I'm not like that. It sneaks under the barriers. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of gets it gets in there and you you take the message before you realize that the message is pointed right at you. And mm, I, right. I feel like the that's that's directing, that's screenplay, that's performance. It's it's all those things. And I, I feel like it's this one is done really well. It kind of brings your defenses down in the fact that she's a little quirky, she's a little fun. And then it gets really awkward because, let's face it, I don't know about you, but I recognize some of my own behavior in some of this in the lead up to it. Like I'm, yeah, I'm I'm the guy that will walk up and help someone. I'm not the guy who gets them in a cab and like tries to take them home. They go home. But like I'll put them in a cab or, or something like that. If someone's, I'll Dave's do that for now, guys, way, girls, anything. Say. Yeah. <laughs> There's a funny story my I life. can share, but I won't. Um, but anyway, it's... This is, but even then, it's like the initial act of going up and helping someone is exactly the same. They do exactly the same thing. But then once they get them alone and separated from the herd, that's when they turn it and try to take advantage. And it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a confronting issue. And it's an issue that's happening everywhere. And I feel like good for them. Like this was a great film. And I feel like it's, it's just more about like, you kind of look the same conversation we've been having this whole year with all these great films told from voices we haven't been hearing as much from over the, you know, the history of cinema. I think this is a perspective and a point of view that I'm still learning about. Hmm. Uh, so even if it does feel like, oh, I'm learning about something about myself through the eyes of someone else, or, oh, I don't know if I saw myself that way. It's, I feel like one thing that was overwhelming to me that made me very uncomfortable in, I, I, I think, a good way was that um, there's at least chan- a chance that maybe they were saying with the story that in the eyes of a lot of women, a lot of men, if not, not maybe not every man, but a lot of men are potentially predators. I think they did a good job of casting the mm. guys who she went home with because they didn't seem like we all know these guys. Uh, some, what is his name? Brody from the OC or whatever. Adam, McLovin. Adam Brody. Like, we, yeah. we know these dudes. Yeah. yeah. 
So I think they, and then Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham, ultimately, which I don't want to give away any of the major twists and stuff, but they did a good job casting to make you feel like, surely these guys aren't going to do something super sick. They're not the yeah. obvious gross guys. And yet guys are, at least in this perspective that I'm learning about, there's always the potential for this, for the turn to happen and for these guys to turn into something else. And she gives that speech to McLovin uh, where she says like, every week I go do this and every fucking week one of these guys approaches me and they always say they're going to take care of it. So it's like, it's still kind of the same story over yeah. and over again. And I don't know about, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there when the women's movement started happening. And I think the zeitgeist started concentrating on these issues very seriously. I was desperate to learn more about that perspective. Cause I felt like I didn't, I didn't know that. And I, I felt like I was, I had not been doing a good job up until that point the more I would learn about like, oh my God, I, I, you know, maybe I've been, hopefully not anything like this, but maybe I have found myself doing something that was seemed as uncomfortable. And I feel like this movie and more movies like this need to come out because I think, I think as a man, we need to learn how to start navigating the fact that, that there's a chance we are doing things that make women uncomfortable. And if mm. you felt uncomfortable watching this movie, then you have something to learn. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other way to say it. Do you, do you know what I mean when I say that? Or yeah, no, I know. Did that's, you guys feel like you were? The, the were did did y'all sit ten feet away from this, or did it really? Was it making your heart beat? And you were like, "Oh my god, do I have I ever? I hope I've never made a woman even feel like there's a chance that that could happen." And yet, did you guys feel that way at all, or did you feel totally safe when this movie was over? And you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm not that guy at all." No, I, I, I definitely. Like I was like, there is education for Thank everyone you. in this. Okay. Yeah. I, yes. I thought, and it's important. Yeah. I just want to make that point. Hold on. I just want to make that point because anyone who's seen this movie, what we are up against, there is a terrible, disgusting, black and white, awful act that is the thing that sets off her initial trauma. So I'm yes. not saying most guys are, are that, but I'm saying they did a good enough job of giving the nuance to the other guys that she take that she messes with and does her thing with that I felt like yeah. I could relate to enough of the things where even though I'm not those guys that did that thing, that terrible thing in her past, I might have some, some of that, those, a little bit of the other ingredients that I think every man on earth needs to check himself and start thinking harder about because we were not told not to do that for most of the history of mankind. <laughs> and that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, this is, I mean, I get it. Everyone's really thinking carefully about what they're saying right now. It's a minefield. And yes, I'm sure, uh, like, in the, you, you get the Harvey Weinstein shit coming out and all that sort of stuff. Mm, right. And it's like, this stuff happens and it's been happening for years. And why did it take so long to deal with? And it's because it just happened and everybody shut it down. And this is exactly what this movie's about. So, like, when she goes into the, um, the dean's office, and she's talking about Johnny how Brennan, yeah. there was an incident. Yeah. And the dean's like, oh, well, was the incident reported? And she's like, yes, it was. And she's like, well, who did she speak to? Well, she spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And she's, the dean has- There's a female yeah, character, it's a female character the as well, yeah. And they, like, Brennan, and yeah. But she has no memory of it whatsoever, or she claims to. Mrs. Um, Coach. Coach T. Yeah. And it, it's, this, is, this is how this is happening. And it's just kind of, I don't know what, whether it's fear or whether it's- like, yeah, I have no, I have nothing. I don't know why this, this has Jeff. been happening up to this point. Yeah, Jeff, what do you think, dude? Um, I'm, I'm, str- I'm nervous. Are you right I'm now? really struggling because I did not. <laughs> How nervous is everybody? Right I'm now? really struggling because I did not love the film. 
but I don't know if I loved it either. But I, I, I think yeah, I, no, it's, I know, yeah, it's fair. It's, it's. I spent a lot of time wondering if, if this had nothing to do with awards, if this came out like summer, spring, fall, whatever, and it just became a cultural moment, like in the past when that used to happen with movies, and everybody talked about it, and we didn't have to think about it in terms of awards. Um, I, I really tried to separate that from my brain, but. I, I hear everything you're saying. I'm seeing everything you're saying. I saw it all. I felt most of it. But the sto- the film... I'll, I'll go back to the summary, which is so arbitrary. It's so arbitrary. But it says here, um, nothing in Cassie's life is what it appears to be. I would say 20 minutes into this movie, everything in Cassie's life is what it appears to be. She tells us everything. She tells us all of this. So yeah. from that point Her on... Scene, and and I'm, not us, saying, yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I see it all. I know what's going on at this point. The first one is fu- is so awesome in the way it yeah. ends and it cuts to the cold open and the walk of shame. It's so exciting. I'm like, what's going on? And then the next time they just tell you the whole game and it's like, okay, so where are we going to go now? And... Yes, it, it, the Connie Britton scene. You're, you're mentioning all of the good things. You're mentioning all of the stuff. Mm. I thought. I, think I mean, your your argument might not be with the film. It might be with why are we paying marketing so much money to come up with these crap headlines. It's true. Mm. No, that's true. But I am. I'm digging a little bit. Mm. And and what I would say too is, and again, this is this is almost unfair of me to do, but I I was really struggling with what to say. Um, that I went and I, I I did read around for critics, and most of the critics that gave this a negative review were females. A lot of them were women, and I found that to be kind of surprising. Um, but there's something Except that one really controversial one. <laughs> there's just there's I, I I don't I don't know what it is. It, it's a it's an I think it's nihilistic... what I was saying earlier, dude. Yeah, I think it's that it, I think it cuts itself off the shins a little bit by making it an obsession revenge tale, as opposed to something that I think a lot of women have dealt with, uh, and it doesn't turn into what it turned in for her. I feel like it became that speech she gave about about um, her, her friend Nina at the very end when she's kind of given her, she's almost the anti-hero villain at this point, and she's kind of, in terms of tone, not you might not interpret it that way, when she's about to carry out her final act, and she's kind of talking about Nina like she's, like there's this crazy obsession that she had with this mm-hmm. girl, and her entire life is now derailed, and she's getting vengeance, and, and it felt a little less relatable than what I think I was you know, expecting, which probably is wrong. I shouldn't have gone in with expectations, but I thought this was going to be a little bit more obtuse uh, using a thriller genre so that it would feel a little bit more realistic that a lot of women go through this and this is one way this woman is choosing to deal with it as opposed to something so incredibly specific based on revenge that it turned into more of a revenge movie than a movie about the issues I think she was hoping to talk about. It also got a little gray for me in the scene with Alfred Molina, who plays the lawyer, who got the guys, I do too, but I thought um, he plays the lawyer who basically bullied uh, Carrie Mulligan's friend from her past, who was a part of this trauma, into dropping a a lawsuit, a case against some some guys in school for doing this. I don't want to give all the details away. And he he did that regularly. He did that regularly. That was his job, was basically to, to represent men and against all these accusations by discrediting the woman. Sorry, go back to you. Yeah, and he basically says, no, you're good. He basically says, I've had a huge come to Jesus, this giant epiphany, my, a psychotic break. So he's not working at the time. And he basically begs for her forgiveness so that he can sleep at night and forgive himself. And kind of as a twist, she gives it to him. 
And then she goes outside and you realize there was like a, a hitman mm-hmm. out there or some person she was waiting to pay off to go beat the shit. I don't know what that guy was going to do. Yeah. That's, and it kind of, I love it. I like that. For a minute, I was like, I couldn't tell. I was like, did I like that she was okay just apologizing? Is that the theme of this movie that she really is just looking for these men to sincerely say I was wrong and apologize? And so I was kind of ready for this movie to turn no, into something more. In that scene, than you just can tell she's thriller. She's and it, caught it didn't off, do it. Went back. She's caught off guard there. Like she's yeah. caught off guard by that. I interpret. I know, this- but I thought she was going to learn from that, and I thought it was going to affect her differently. But I think. When she found out the stuff about Bo, Bo Burnham's character, she doubled down. Oh yeah, and went even harder think, in the revenge direction. Well, yeah. And I, I, don't, I just don't know if it, I just don't know if it ultimately gave me the, the, I don't even know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I know, I, just, I know. I I'm like, the same way. Jeff, yeah. I think I agree with you. I just, I wanted it to work a little bit better than it did. I think it ended up cheapening itself a little bit for think- me. Which is a shame because I feel like there was so much potential there, and Carrie's so good in it. The she stories, was really, really good in it. The story, see, we keep talking about the revenge thing, but the the story that actually has the through line through this film. I'm not talking about the circumstances or the themes and all that kind of stuff, which mm, I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Like we need more of these films, and I we shouldn't even be allowed. We should just sit the fuck back and listen. Um, yeah. The story yeah. in this. Let us film, reiterate that the, the, <laughs> yeah. we probably should not be talking about this film. The, but keep going. The story of this film becomes. Is this going to be who she is forever, or can she move on? Can she date and fall in love with men again, and and get back? You know, she doesn't have to be a, a med. She doesn't have to go to med school again, which is where she dropped out of promising young woman. She doesn't have to to do that. But but has she become a revenge monster, or can she move on? I think that's what this movie becomes the story of this. But all of the things we're talking about don't really have much to do with that at all so the the genre i i don't know for some reason it just mm. gets a little murky in there and and it's okay that this character doesn't have any wrongs but there's nothing that this character does in this movie that's wrong she makes some choices and technically they have consequences but there's just it for, for some reason it just seems a little neat and tidy not that every single messy subject matter needs an equally messy movie but it just did you ask me like was I sitting ten feet away? No, I wasn't. For the first couple times, I, I was because I was like, well, maybe I, I even if that wasn't going to be me, maybe I could be perceived that way. And I did actually take note. This does happen. I believe all of the survivors. I, I listen to accusations. I'm with you. I want to make sure that I'm not perpetuating any of this. But was I ever? Did I ever feel like in my gut like ugh, queasiness? No, I, I didn't. Not not during this movie. There were a couple of times yeah. I felt a little bit ill, like when they they turned it around and started with the manipulation techniques. I mean, I was, anytime I was like, yeah. she was unsafe and but, I thought she was unsafe for yeah. sure. I was like fucking queasy. But I mean, far, we, yeah. we get it. That's, that's a major element of the film. I want to talk about the filmmaking itself. Okay. Um, Carrie Mulligan was awesome in this. Yes. hundred percent. Like she played at least seven different versions of herself as well. And like there were, yeah. there were the scenes where she thought, you know, she was having, you could tell she was having second thoughts. There's the scenes where she's just, the cool anti-hero. Um, I did love the offset framing they used a lot with her. Like they kept putting her in weird spots, like the bottom yeah. of the frame. It was it was almost like watching season one of Mr. Robot. Yeah, I thought like, yes, because she was in like the kept, bottom left corner of a frame yeah, at one point. And it like they kept so messing. I feel like that's it's like are they like teaching that in cinematography school? I feel like I'm starting to see that so much. It's starting to be well. Everybody watched Mr. Robot season you know, one, so yeah, it's it's happened. It's <laughs> going like to happen. Get used to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do think there were several. Uh, overall, I wasn't, I wasn't distracted. I, I was thinking more about the writing, but there were a few moments that I thought directorially 
uh, were very successful and built a lot of suspense. And there were some that really didn't work for me. So I still feel like, uh, Emerald Fennel, Emerald, Emerald Fennel is still, you know, I know she has experience. It's not like mm. she doesn't have experience, but I still feel like maybe she's, she, she almost got there for me, but there were still a few times like the Molly Shannon scene when she goes to see her friend's yes. mother. Um, there were a few moments that I know I was just thinking on the script, like that was, why was that not done in close up? Why, why am I not feeling more when the mother of her friends tells her, looks her in the eye and says, you need to move on, please move on for all of us, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of just like, I feel like I'm just getting information to move forward. I didn't feel like I was being affected the way I wanted Carrie to be affected. And I think there were a few moments mm-hmm. that I just blame Emerald for that. No, you know, no offense. It, it's, uh, she still, she did, a lot, I know <laughs> she did a lot of the, uh, I thought she did a lot of the, you know, the grosser date rape scenes really well. Like I thought like uh, she, she was static when she needed to be static. She mm. stayed with Carrie's point of view or she removed us from Carrie's point of view really well so that we were just observing her and objectifying her a little bit mm. when she was playing the drunk version of herself, which made me feel icky. So I felt like she, in some ways, she was super nuanced and it was very effective. And then some of the heavier and more emotional moments, I don't know if it really, if it really rung for me. So I, like, once again, that's kind of another reason why I kept like, I kind of felt like I was admiring what Carrie Mulligan was doing as an actor, but as a character, I felt like I was getting further and further away from her the longer this film went on. And I just don't know if that's intentional or if that's because I'm a guy and I have, so, I had brought some of my own conflict into this. I, did you guys feel that way at all? Well, did the, you feel I mean, like the one thing I were... will point out is that, like, you want to, like, you wanted to turn it around. You wanted to walk away from this, yeah. and then she gets, like, she 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 meets a guy, and it's it's all going well, and then you're like, this is going really well, and then it's going too well, and you're just waiting for it. True. And it's both me and my wife picked the twist, like, yeah. twenty oh, minutes did. before. I didn't, I didn't yeah. Think oh about yeah, it. yeah. No, it was like, no, that's that's. She said to me, it was like, yeah, this is gonna happen," and I'm like. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so in that case, maybe, yeah, it was a touch predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I, Jeff, I agree with what you're saying. They do like we're all we're all sitting here like. Not, because we want to do the right thing, not because we're, we're, we're scared and we're assholes and we're trying to not do the wrong thing, but like we want to try to be respectful of the subject matter. Hmm. But uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little shocked that this got as much acclaim as it did from the Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she deserved to be nominated for actor. I don't really want to go into the details of the other awards, but compared to the other movies that we have seen this year that, have, that we have just been gushing about, that have just touched us in so many ways from misrepresented or underrepresented voices to, to stuff that you might more normally see traditionally in the Academy, uh, the Academy season, this one, I just don't know if I had the same overwhelming feeling of that may be a masterpiece. The way you kind of want to feel about Oscar-nominated movies, that may be a masterpiece, or that is certainly a masterpiece. And um, and I just, I don't know, I, make, I feel kind of like an asshole saying that, but just don't know if that mm-hmm. makes you feel better. Did, is that, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, Dave, do we have the, you could feel better with, do you have the, fuck you, John. Yeah, there you go. Even though I, I told you I was keeping that on a button. Even though I, I, let I you see the path. clips on social media now. I just didn't like this film. I know after you got such a wonderful comment last week. 
Oh my gosh! But yeah, there, oh yeah. I don't know. God. You guys watch it. Everybody at home, watch it and tell us what you think. I it's it's so great. The, the thoughts, the the me thinking about the film, which I did spend a lot of time thinking about the film, which is why I actually looked at critics' responses, which I usually don't. I I am thinking about the subject matter. I really do love the way they brought up. Um, do you? Why is this? This is a men issue, not a woman issue. I love the way that yeah. they brought that up. Yes. Um, how can you forgive yourself? How can you? allow this to go on like how can she move on knowing that this is just going to keep happening until it stops right so like how can she just start dating and 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 not do the things that she's doing you know like i i love that i love that all of that was in this film and for that i think it's it's something that everybody should see 100 percent. the one the one thing i do love and it's it like this is a, a thing for right at the end so this is a major spoiler uh, so I'm going to give her in about three or four seconds. Just mute me for a second uh, if you don't want to find out how this movie ends. But the, the scene at the end where it all goes horribly wrong mm-hmm. and they just start wide and they do a two and a half minute push in. Mm-hmm. And it's it just Hard holds on that shot. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like it's just that guy acting and her acting. And it just pushes in and pushes in and pushes in. You get slowly and slowly. Close. It's like this is in your face. And I thought that was phenomenal, and I read the thing about how she asked, I think, was it a stepfather or a father who's a cop, how long it would take to suffocate someone, and he Jesus and Christ. he told the he told her it was two minutes, two and a half minutes. So that's how long they made the shot. Oh man, fuck me. Yeah, Jeez. and it's like, oh, that was such a yeah, and apparently, originally the movie ended there. Oh my god! But it didn't do well in test screenings, so they added the uh, the ending. No catharsis. Yeah. yeah, they didn't get her revenge. In. Yeah, okay. let people leave that theater not care. You know what I mean? Let them be like, ah, oh, that's how you end the movie. You know? Yeah. She's she. I think, she, yeah, I think powerful. how powerful is that? She stands up for this. She gives her life for it, and then that's it. Yeah, the Since we're sitting in, since we're sitting in the spoiler section, and now you've you've realized that we're talking about spoilers. Then I did appreciate how. I felt like Emerald Fennel was trying to to make it ambiguous in the end because that guy was basically in self-defense at that point, which made me feel even more conflicted yeah. about what was happening. And I thought it was like, I'm still on her side, but oh my God, that like this is just humans fighting for their life now at this point. And it just got really icky. I did like the ickiness of it. I'm just mm. not sure ultimately in the context of the film if it took away from some of the power yeah, of the, it's, what I think I, she I, was I, trying I, to no, say. No, I think what it, what it was, it was meant to make you think that and then it was meant to make you go, why am I thinking that? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I rooting, yeah. why am I half rooting for the guy in this right now? Human, yeah, the, yeah. the grossness of the human nature stop, that we're trying stop to correct with yourself. nurture, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, I know... Clearly, we're fumbling all over the fucking place. Watch this movie. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Hmm. We probably weren't the right people to talk about it, but we. I hope we did it with respect. Seriously, dude, I, I love hope this we, film. I, hope we did. I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was great. I have no problem at all with this at all. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, people, there, there it is. Um, we have a good slate for you next week. Oh, what do we got? I don't know. What did we pick? Did you say that? Just hope. Did you say that? Just hoping we would have a list ready. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I called it. I called this. I called this bluff because, like, we're we're near the end of the list, dude. Yeah, we're like, near we're, the end of the list. It's we're getting I say, close. I say Tom Hanks, which is a renter, and another round, which is not a renter. That's what I say so, for the next for next so week. News, news of the world, and what? And uh, a first round, which is Thomas Vinterberg is nominated for first best director. Round. And it's oh. nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. And it stars Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, I'm on board. I'm totally down yeah, for that. I'm on board, Mads. Do the, yep. is, is, the, 
is the father not available for rental? Because it is now. The, the father it becomes available, available for, for rental tomorrow. I I saw it today. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we should do two, that. I think we should talk about it because maybe give people more time to see that one. I mean, if you guys don't care, I know that we got multiple actor nominations, which people love. People are very attracted to those things. I've been hearing about about this movie. Great. Yeah. But I whatever, mean, we can put it off till next week. No, we got to get to it. What do you say, Dave? Ah, uh, yeah. So, sure. The Father and News of the World. So, so a double Father and News of the World. So a double, um, a double renter for us. Yep. I've actually I've I've yeah. seen some of the visual effects in News of the World. Um, the how tos and. There's a lot of environment recreation in that. Nice. Well, we're very excited really? to talk yeah. about Sweet, those dude. films for you. Next week, film fans, so excited. Thank you so much for sticking around. And again, reach out to us on the socials. Subscribe, like, do all of those things. And we will see you next week. Take it easy. Bye.